welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and today we are chatting with Lucas Bagner, Creative Director for Nordic Pirate Games. Nordic Pirate Games was founded in 2018 by four board game enthusiasts with their debut game, Lying Pirates, The Race for the Pirate Throne, which is currently crushing it on Kickstarter. Lucas, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm very fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I saw this game on Kickstarter and I always love it when I see a game that just kind of stops me in my, in my tracks, right? And and it was the cool fact of, of I didn't know anything about the game. Obviously, when there's pirates, that just gets me uh, excited right away. But man, this looked super cool. We're gonna get into it on this podcast. But before we get there, this is your first game that you guys are launching. Um, you know, how long have you been thinking about doing board games? Is this something you've been thinking about your whole life, or you know, when did you kind of get the idea to start doing games? First of all, uh, big thanks for for having me on on the podcast. Uh, and well, about board games, who hasn't grown up in one way or another with board games? So yeah. I mean, uh, same in my life and and my friends that are also creating this game. Um, well, I think I intensely started to play board games like many, let's say. <sighs> in my early 20s with my friends mm. when we bought more advanced or more you know not the the typical classic titles like ticket to ride and such as settlers of Catan and those then we started to explore other titles than that so i think um the idea of a board game is just came around after a while when you know you've seen a couple of mechanics and and discovered different things and so on and then my mind is just being super creative and, and yeah, yeah, tried to slowly puzzle together one way or another a concept for a game. And eventually we got to where we are today. Did you have like a gateway game that you were, that, that really got, like when you say that uh, some of the classics like Catan and Ticket to Ride, I almost look at those as like the beginning of the new era, right? For me, classics is like Risk and Monopoly and uh, Sorry and and these types of games, uh, you know, that were back in the 70s and 80s. Um, but you're you're talking the next generation. Um, and if that was classic for you, what was that game that uh, that took you now into kind of the more, um, I guess, deeper understanding of gaming and, uh, you know, more complex mechanics and things like that? I mean, I would say, uh, like, I, I agree with you that, like, Monopoly and Risk are the true classics, like the real veteran <laughs> hardcore titles. But then yeah. again, in, in my world, like, the, the new generation classics would be, like, the uh, Settlers of Catan and, and similar titles. Yeah. But I've played a lot of, like, board game, uh, um, tile-laying uh, games, such as um, Carcassonne. Um, okay. I've also f- fell in love with... Um, the Isle of Cats, uh, Raccoon Tycoon, and I mean, just a, a bunch of different fun titles throughout the years. And I think what it all distilled distill down to is like my mind just putting together different mechanics that I've encountered in, in all these different games and yeah. just putting it down in, in, a, in a big pot. And then, you know, you just take out bits and pieces at the time. 
Sure. Now you're joining us from Sweden, which is yeah. uh, super cool. So thanks for uh, you know picking a time to work for the two of us. I know it's uh, it's getting late there as well. Um, what were you doing before board games? Like, do you have a day? Oh, obviously you must have a day job. You're doing something while you're kind of doing this on the side, given that this is your first title. Um, you know, what's kind of, uh, you know, what's, what's Lucas do when he's not board gaming? So, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, I've had prior to this, I've had two different companies, uh, mm. making, um, manufacturing products, uh, in, in Asia. So oh, wow. it's not my first time manufacturing products which is I'm, I'm very thankful for having that experience since yeah. before and you know i, I want to mention a, a really funny thing that all you know it, it ties everything together so my my first uh, venture or company that i had we we manufactured an outdoor product and i was in 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 china 2018 for a product development trip and while i was there um my suppliers and the people I were with, they taught me how to play Liar's Dice or Perudo, uh, which is the, the core bluffing uh, yeah. slash betting mechanic in our game. They taught me that in April 2018. And I was just super stoked. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. Uh, it's so simple. But then, you know, um, in Asia, we played it as a drinking game mostly. <laughs> when I got home... We couldn't continue drink every time we played it. That would make us alcoholics. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, you know, we, um, I come from a, a group of friends that enjoy to uh, make a little bit extra for like the parties and gatherings that we do. Sure. So Halloween 2018, that was the very, very first iteration of, of this pirate themed Liar's Dice um inspired game yeah so that was the very very first um yeah pirate themed um mechanic that we we did and since then we we started to you know just build on top of it sure did uh the decision to do kickstarter was that always there from the start or was the idea to come up with kind of kind of a cool game first or like was that always mm -hmm. part of the plan or that's a really good question. I mean, uh, I'm a Kickstarter lover since since ages yeah. ago, and I've been backing projects for many, many years. So, of course, I know the power of, of Kickstarter and, and building community and so on and, and having a bit of experience of doing e-commerce and, and manufacturing products. I thought that, you know, that's such a cool way to, to realize uh, one of many projects that I have in mind. And, I, I you know, I'm, I'm very interested in, in system... Um, making systems, building systems to be able to scale up uh, my ideas, basically. So that's uh, my where my drive comes comes from is I think that I just, I don't care too much about what, uh, what the obstacles might be or actually sure. I don't think about them. I have to solve them along the way. So it's, and, and Kickstarter has been just, you know, um, something I, I wanted to experience, I guess. I imagine uh, there was a level of confidence that probably came with the fact that you'd already had some experience with sourcing in China and manufacturing and, um, you know, putting projects together. Uh, often when I, I talk to developers or new publishers, there's usually a skill set you can pull over, right, from somewhere. No matter what you do, there's something that in your day job, whether you're a teacher or an engineer, um, you know, a person who just likes art there's usually something you can pull over and, you know, having the manufacturing side uh, as kind of that backbone is going to be quite handy of all the skill sets to have. 
that's a real good one to come into the uh, into the industry with, I would say. Most definitely. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And then you have a team of four people or is it four or five people that I saw on your on your page there? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the core founders were four, including me. Okay. And uh, these are just four then, friends or? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, actually, one of the guys, uh, Misha, he, um, I didn't know him when the idea first came around. I yeah. started to know this guy um, along the way, and, and he was very impressed about what, what, what we were doing. And we are, we are still very impressed about what he is uh, bringing value to the team. You know, he, he's an excellent guy and, and yeah, he's, he's a very important asset for us, I would say. And when you said you there was, was it, sorry, was it the um, Halloween of 2018 or 2019 when you guys had the 18, first iteration? 2018. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. So that's still like four years ago. Absolutely. Uh, which is a long time, right? When you think about how fast games are coming out in, in this industry, um, not that four years is bad. Four years is great because it shows that you really iron out a lot of the issues, right? And with subsequent play tests and, you know, I've in reading your bios, I can see you guys did a lot of play testing on this to make sure you work out, you know, the mechanics and you know, make sure that the playability is constantly there and consistently there. Um, and that allows you to actually create the artwork and, and all the other, you know, beautiful things that we're going to show in a second on this game. Um, but still four years, what was it that, that really set between then and now was it trying to get the right pieces in place to make sure you really nailed the Kickstarter or is there something else that you guys are waiting for before you picked right now to go with this campaign? No, I think, uh, well, first of all, I just want to mention my, my, uh, my other teammates, uh, Max and Michaela, they're sure. also extremely great and I'm super happy to have them on board. Um, they're doing a fantastic job, but um, in regards of why it took this long, I would say a couple of things happened along the way. Mm. The very first thing, us being, you know, I'm, I want to run with projects. Uh, and two of of the teammates, they're more um, more picky with details, and I'm very happy they are, because you know we we complete each other in that sense. That yeah, I wanna I wanna go forward. I think if I if I did it alone, it would be released two years ago, but I wouldn't be, you know, I, I would maybe done 10% or 20% as good of a job as we did all together. Yeah. Then that being said, if they would do it themselves, the game would never be released. Mm. <laughs> so, so it's a give and take scenario. But then again, you know, throughout, um, so the past two years, we, let's say that the game was probably maybe 85% done two years ago. But what happened two years ago? Well, <laughs> something called COVID happened. Yeah. And me having experience from supply chain and so on, you know, I just witnessed like, oh, okay, there's um, stuff going on in the world. Uh, one of the biggest freight ships, it got stuck in the Suez Canal. Yeah. So, you know, I was just watching it like, my God, are we going to launch a campaign in this time, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, we just... Um, also had some really, really unfortunate uh, events like uh, people in our, uh, our very close to us passed away. Oh, so we had, we, yeah, it was just uh, like a mess and, and life happens. But then again, we just wanted to, we've had a strong focus on, on giving the quality that we want to represent. I come yeah. from a background of quality products and I would never want to, you know, 
sacrifice quality in that sense. It's tough as a, uh, as a designer myself, uh, I have no patience, right? Like I want to get, as soon as the idea is formulated, I want to get it like some artwork done. I want to get this thing cranked out and I want to get this like in market as fast as possible. And it's really, really tough to pull those reins back. And it's great when you have that sounding board around you that can say, wait a second, let's, let's take a pause here. You know, let's, let's, let's look at it a couple more different ways, or maybe we need to adjust this and adjust that. That's a good thing, right? Because you want to make sure the quality is there. And, yeah. um, and it, I mean, our 200th episode, we had uh, Jamie Stegmeyer on, on the podcast. And when you read his book and often a lot of his, his blogs, he'll mention this, that, um, you know, if you delay your campaign, nothing bad is really going to happen. Right. But if you launch before you're ready, or if you're not kind of in the zone when you're launching, all sorts of bad stuff can happen. And very costly things can happen to you, which can be the difference between having a really pleasant experience and having an experience from hell. Right. And um, so good for you guys for kind of pacing yourself out there. I'm going to try to look to you for inspiration because I, man, I have so much trouble just kind of putting that uh, the governor on myself to, uh, to slow myself down. So with this game, I'm going to show it on the screen for people that are um, watching either on the replay or live. First and foremost, congrats, man. 400, I'm going to put this in Canadian dollars because it's the only way I can see it, but 442-ish thousand dollars you guys have raised on a on a goal of uh, 32,000. That is just an incredible accomplishment. So first and foremost, congrats on that. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, when I look at the game, uh, you know, the, the artwork really, really pops and I'm sure this is something you guys put a lot of thought into. Um, what was the plan kind of from the outset in kind of this whole idea of a pirate theme? Was it always pirate themed or did you have kind of a concept of this kind of liar's dice and finding a way to kind of reinvent that mechanic? What, what was the plan? Was it always pirates or? It was always pirates from, from the very first, like drawing board on, on a piece of paper, you know, and uh, I mean, I'm, we all love pirates. Uh, it's just uh, <laughs> a, a, such a funny theme. It's it's a classic. And I mean, it's honestly, now that I've, I've dove into this theme a bit more, people love pirates. It's not only me. It's not only my team. Like there, there's even, we've had support from a Swedish, uh, Swedish band called your banished privateers and they make pirate music. That's and they awesome. brought the game down to a pirate music festival in Germany and played with people. So, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, pirates are definitely <laughs> a liked topic. And we didn't know this. We just, you know, thought pirates are awesome. Let's go pirates. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I mean, I love pirates as well. Um, the one challenge I would say in the, um, in the board game industry, especially with Kickstarters, is just the number of pirate uh, games that have been out there. And what I found very interesting about this one is, although it's, you know, a, a very common theme, i.e. pirates, the way you put that theme onto a game is is quite unique, right? Versus the other games out there. Most games is, you know, people sailing the seas and they're moving their ships all over the place. Where this kind of idea of, uh, you know, almost like pirates around the tavern table, um, you know, having a, a, you know, a battle of wits in, in, in wagers, uh, is, is a cool, a cool approach to it. So congrats on that. Can you walk us through kind of the essence of how you play this game or what this game is about? So 
uh, first and foremost, uh, thanks for all the all the nice words about the game. Um, I would say, like when we started out creating this game, we wanted to make a, a an Im immersive game experience. Just as you said, you want to have the people around the table focused on the game. So there's one one aspect that we really uh, we're really proud of having achieved in in terms of game mechanics, and I would say that is the game has almost zero downtime. If you, if you pick mm. up your phone and look for 10 seconds, you could be confused and, you know, oh, oh my God, what happened? I, I don't know what's going to happen. Or you, you can just lose fo focus and, and that's a bad thing in the game. It's yeah. a bad thing. So, I mean, and, and we wanted to also, well, keep it easy in terms of, you know, making it visible. What, what There are three different phases of the game. It's the betting phase, the sailing phase, and the action phase. We wanted it to, to be uh, distinctively separate, so you know what phase you're in, and and well, to have some different sort of um, mechanics and gameplay and what to expect and so on that we just got inspired from from other games. So it's all about you know having a fun time, fooling your opponents, and you know there's a lot of opportunities to to get revenge and so on 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 your other players. So it's it's um. Uh, I would say it's. I always laugh when I play this game, <laughs> and that that's you know it's it's such an important thing that I mean I I play other games where you have to think more you yeah. you laugh laugh less but think more and and that can be uh, a pleasure as well, but this is you know if if you're looking to have a fun night then I would definitely pull this one out. So let's talk about the uh, the mechanic of the of the betting because I so for those who haven't played Liar's Dice again I like to just kind of assume that nobody knows anything about other yeah. games so that so for this one um you essentially each have these cups right it's like you have your tavern cup with your tavern coaster um my understanding is is there's you put your dice in there how many dice is there is it like six or eight is the number of dice how many dice uh, you, you start off with five uh oh, okay five per player but you you can increase and we call them crew yeah um and, and you can have up to 10 crew in your cup so you can win and lose die um during the game Perfect. So then you shake. So each person basically shakes the uh, their cup of their dice. They flip it over and then they peek underneath and they can see what, you know, kind of what the role was. Right. So maybe they have like two threes, a four and like a one. Right. Yeah. And then they take turns going around the table with their bets saying how many uh, people around the table in totality, what, what the number of dice is. So somebody might say like, I've got, I, I think there's three threes. Right. So they're thinking amongst their dice and everyone else's dice. There's at least three threes or more. Yeah. Well, the exactly. next person has to either up that to say four threes, or they can go four of another number, five of a number, et cetera, et cetera. But you're always having to one up the player before you. Yeah. And at some point, I guess someone will then either say, "I, I don't believe I'm, I'm going to call you on this," or "I, I think you're lying because exactly. I don't think I don't think." Yeah. And then everybody shows their dice, and then at that point, if the person was who who made the call is right. And I get, and one thing I've seen on the page is that that many dice are more, right? So say you say five threes, if, if there's six threes, do they still win that person? Or does it have to be an exact number? No, um, we have, we have different options. So, so the most common one is that it has to be um, the amount you said or more. Right. Okay. Uh, but there's also one option that, that we made for our game. That is uh, you, you steal the previous player's bet and you bet exact. Exactly uh, okay. on, on what they what they made. So uh, and then comes you know it's a high risk high reward decision. Yeah, but you you can have you can save your save yourself some um, 
with some of the action cards. If you have if you have a specific action card, you can save yourself from trouble. So then you're more inclined to, or or there's an um, you know, you're encouraged to to make those crazy yeah. bets if you have that sort of a, a action card on your hand. So if you win the bet, so if you're the person that, that called the bet and you win, uh, then the person that, that that called you by default loses. Their ship doesn't move, is my understanding, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's and then only got... the winners and the survivors that are yeah. moving forward. And you've got this rectangular board that has these tiles that, that represent the different spots that go around the board. Um, and, and I'll show it on the screen there for people that are that are kind of uh, watching on the replay. And each of these tiles has a different thing that's happening, which we'll get to in a second. But moving around this rectangular board, you know, the person that loses, they stay put. And then is it everyone else gets to move ahead or just the person that won? Or how does that work? No, it's um, only the losers stand still. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, the thing you want to do in, in the betting phase is you yeah. just want to survive. That's like the 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 thing. You don't want to you, you want to push the answer forward because you don't want to you don't want to uh, lose that that part because then you're missing your your chance to move forward on the map. Right. The one thing that you know um, is good with winning the bet is that you get another uh, additional coin. And for the coins, if you have two coins, you can buy more action cards, uh, okay, or you yeah, can yeah. buy more crew if you make it all the way to the end and make one lap around uh, around the tiles. So the first phase then is the betting, right? Then the second yep. phase is then what? The second phase is sailing, is moving on the board. Exactly. And then and, each. And, so go ahead. Yeah, and and in the sailing phase, when when all the the ships have moved. You're determining whoever gets to experience the event from the tile that they're standing on, oh, and okay. you determine that by rolling eight-sided battle dice. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're battling, so there's still a chance exactly. you can attack the other pirates. All yeah, right. yeah. So, so the, the the winner of that swashbuckling essentially gets to get the benefit of that card. And now I think I was reading somewhere some of these cards are bad, though, are they not? Like some of the tiles aren't necessarily a good thing. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. We have yeah. we have three different types of, of, of tiles. There are green ones, good ones, neutral ones, or, or you know, double-sided outcome, uh, or negative ones. So you could potentially affect if you um, can avoid uh, a, a bad tile with the action cards put on your hand. So there are, uh, just to tie together the, the sailing phase and the action phase, Yeah. Um, the sailing phase, you are allowed to play uh, one golden card. Mm. And in the action phase, if you have not played a golden card during the sale phase, which could alter the outcome of um, the events from tiles and so on, you could steal good tiles, you can avoid bad ones and so on. If you have not played a golden one during the sale phase, then you can play both a silver and a gold one if you want to in the action phase. Very so that's, cool. uh, yeah, that's the, the, the two, two different types of cards, the gold and silver ones. So, so the action phase are... is essentially your um you're playing cards from your hand essentially right so exactly yeah and then that that can Im can that influence the battle uh, I think you can influence the battle with those cards too can you not or no absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely you can you can influence a lot of different parts of the game with a card so that's what makes you know when when you've played this game four five six times you yeah. really get to know the cards and and understand okay yeah I should save this one for for a scenario like that. So and especially when you when you start to see the connections between tiles, like okay, yeah. yeah, maybe I should save this one. This one could get me out of trouble because trouble's ahead. I haven't passed the worst tiles yet, so I'm gonna keep this one for now. So it's it's all about you know 
like most games honestly the first one or two times you play you're you're yeah. pretty confused a lot of times <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure like all, all all people can or maybe not all but a lot of people can agree yeah but once you get into it you know then you get really hooked and especially after those five or six times then you really get to know like oh yeah this is how i like to play yeah and so so we want to have those like multi-layer modular variations like at, at one point of time you might be able to see patterns and 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 make good decisions based upon tiles yeah then you put together like also adding uh the cards and, mm. and yeah some cards are unique there was only one of them most of the cards um comes in many so you know i might have uh, a card that says that i can recruit more crew to my cup increasing my influence in the betting phase which, you know, then if I have more dice in the betting phase than you have, for example, then I would statistically win more times <laughs> than you. Sure. I like the idea of this whole modular board too. And I, again, I'm showing on the screen, um, the the tiles are kind of dealt out at the beginning and you, I won't get into the details of it, but there's a mechanic you've built where you're almost drafting tiles and, and people are taking turns placing it down. So everyone influences what that board looks like, but it looks different every single time you play, right? Based yeah. on the way the tiles are placed out. Uh, once you get to the end, so the first person, I guess, gets to that end uh, spot, is that kind of the win? But if there's multiple ships getting to that last spot at the same time, then there's kind of one epic final battle, I believe, as well, is there not? Exactly. So uh, first of all, it's, it's rare occasions that you would enter all by yourself. It's more mm. common if you play, uh, of course, a two-player game, but but a, a three three-player game, then it's more common that you would enter alone. Um, otherwise, if you're four to six players, it's very common that you enter uh, multiple ships at the same time, and then you would um, trigger a final battle, which uh, eventually comes comes down to having as many crew dice in your cup as possible because that's the, the currency that's going to determine uh, the outcome of the game. The more, um, well, the more dice um, and or crew dice you have in your cup, the the higher probability that you're going to win in, if you end up in the final battle. Yeah, that's cool. The deluxe version of this game, I mean, I mean, you got wooden cups, right? Like, yeah, you know, the, the coasters are, are, I've got these kind of, um, looks like they're wooden as well. Like, you know, when I compare like a base versus deluxe, this is like super deluxe, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, how did you guys source all this stuff? Like, like these cups I haven't seen. Yeah, you know I mean, like the wooden, I'm sure it comes from your sourcing uh, background, but your ships are minis in the, in the deluxe version, although you've got uh, wood shaped meeples in the base game. Is it metal or plastic coins? I can't really tell from the picture, but I mean, the deluxe is like ultra deluxe. Um, did it take you a while to kind of put that together or for sure uh for yeah. I, I just want to make the a comment about it it's bamboo cups uh oh and, my god and, that's cool yeah it, it's 100 real bamboo every single cup will be unique and you know and they're they're varnished they look really cool once i got the idea about the, the bamboo style cups i just could not let it go and especially mm. when when we got them though the the thing is i would never ever recommend anyone to use real bamboo cups in a game because they're crazy expensive yeah um i just you know one day i wanted to know like how much are, are people paying for bamboo cups on on amazon 
and they're like, you know, you can buy a six pack for 45 to 60 yeah. bucks. So just take that into consideration. Like, okay, yeah, maybe not bamboo cups next time, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely making up like the, this whole immersive experience. And, and yeah, we just looked at our own playing, um, or board game playing behavior. And I would say yeah. like the, the games, the titles that we do pick up the most are the ones or what, that we lean towards are the ones that have the premium components that feels, you know, yeah. you want to be immersed and, and be very present with your friends. That's where you play, play board games. You want to be there, you know? So, and if you're going to have really thin paper and, and stuff like that, that, that won't take you there. But yeah. the really thick stuff and and metal coins and things things like this, that's that's gonna take you to to that place that uh, I want to be when I play board games. And of course, I I don't want to give any any other experience to to our community and to to the players that are gonna play our game. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And you can tell that the you guys have put a lot of care into the design of this game. Um, so this took you four years. Uh, I'm sure there's other games you're working on. Uh, were you working on these at the same time or kind of what, what's coming next? Is there another game coming in short order or is there going to be a little bit of time between now and then, or what's kind of, what's coming next for you guys? It's a great question. Um, first and foremost, our, our strongest focus at the moment is, of course, to get this game to our backers <laughs> as soon as possible. Yeah, It's very tempting to start working on the two other ideas that we have in, in Pipeline. Uh, but then again, you know, at this point of time, it's all about the backers. It's all about the community. That's our the what we want to... They are the ones making this into the crazy reality that, that we have reached. So, but that being said, the other games, for some reason, it's like a um, a flash coming to me. Yet the other games have have designed in a very short amount of time. Yeah, uh, and I'm very excited to to start playtesting with some some chosen people and so on. But as said, we have to take take it easy. But it won't it won't be four years. I'm looking at. <laughs> 12 to 24 months, depending on if, you know, any black swan events or whatever is going to happen. Sure. Do you guys have like a social media account that people can follow uh, that your journey along both with this game, as well as what's going to be coming down the pipe or. Absolutely. So we were um, lucky enough to, to have lying pirates uh, yeah. free on Instagram, the, the username. So you, they can find us under lying pirates uh, on Facebook, they can find us under Nordic Pirates or mm. uh, Nordic Pirate Games. So just uh, search for those, and we'll be able to to pop up. Um, yeah, and then LionPirates.com, um, NordicPirates.com will also take you there. So yeah, we <laughs> that's the easiest way to find us. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Lucas, I want to wish you all the best of success uh, with this uh, this campaign. For anybody that wants to check this out, simply go on to Kickstarter, type in Lying Pirates, you can find it there. I'm going to put a link in our show notes as well if people want to find it. I will put the caveat out there that I think you're in your like final 36 hours, right? Like there's like a day left on this campaign. So if people want to get in on it, don't wait. If you're listening to this podcast, which is uh, again, anytime in the next 24 hours, uh, go check out the campaign immediately because you don't want to miss one, this one out and uh, definitely check out the uh, the creative work these guys have done. It is absolutely a showpiece. All the best to you and your team, Lucas. You take care. Thank Cheers. you very much. 
This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.